This is Alex Frankie. I'm Miss Kentucky, and you're listening to the Eat Kentucky Podcast. Welcome back to the Eat Kentucky Podcast, where we celebrate Kentucky, its food, and its culture. This is your host, Alan Cornett. For this episode of the Eat Kentucky Podcast, I am joined by Miss Kentucky herself, Alex Frankie. Alex is a former Miss Teen Kentucky and also a graduate of the University of Kentucky, who is in the unique position of being the only two-term Miss Kentucky. She talks about her unique role as a spokesperson for Kentucky Agriculture and Kentucky Proud, her travels overseas, including the foods she loved, as well as the challenges of her own diet restrictions. Alex also shares her favorite Lexington restaurants. Plus, Alex discusses her plans for when she sets the Miss Kentucky crown aside. I want to extend a special thank you to Carolyn Paulus and Justin's House of Bourbon for allowing me to use their space in downtown Lexington to record this episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to the Eat Kentucky podcast and to leave a five-star rating. Also, you can help support Eat Kentucky by visiting patreon.com slash eat Kentucky. Now join me as I talk with Miss Kentucky, Alex Frankie. Alex Frankie, welcome to Eat Kentucky. Hi, thanks for having me. It is great to be with you. This is the first time I've uh, I've had somebody on the podcast who regularly wears a crown. That's, <laughs> that doesn't uh, doesn't happen a lot with my guests. Doesn't come with many uniforms. No, it doesn't. Although uh, maybe I should start issuing crowns to people after they've been maybe you on the should. podcast. Your own That'll be, That's right. Crowns. Here's here's an award. But uh, <laughs> we are nestled in a secret room right now. Yeah. At Justin's House of Bourbon. It's in, pretty incredible. In downtown Lexington, kind of across from uh, Rupp Arena on the corner of Jefferson off on Main Street. So I have, uh, with the E-Kentucky podcast, I'm sort of an itinerant recorder. I have to find quiet rooms where I can, and they were kind enough to let me use this room, but I did not know how hidden it was. It's pretty incredible. I did not know where they were taking us, where we were going, but... Well, the good thing is we know that we can we can hide out here and not be found. You're right. <laughs> In will... case there's ever a war, this is my bunker. This, this is the place we're coming to. So For sure. It's uh, beautiful. So a, a thank you to Justin's uh, for letting us use this spot. So you ought to be winding down your time as Miss Kentucky, but you're not. <laughs> but I'm not. You're not. You just, you're just keep on going. Yeah, so I'm the only Miss Kentucky in the history of ever to be Miss Kentucky twice. Uh, So I was crowned last year in June of 2019. And in my role as Miss Kentucky, a lot of people don't realize that it's actually my full-time job. So my job is to travel the state doing all kinds of things. But one of my primary responsibilities is with the Kentucky Department of Agriculture. So Miss Kentucky, every year since like 2000, has been the spokesperson for the Kentucky Proud Label, which affords us so many opportunities, um, not only for education, uh, we get to go to schools, I do a school tour, and I probably go to three or four schools 
or three or four counties every week mm-hmm. and then oh, hit wow. many schools in that county right. um, p- before COVID, of oh, course. Sure. Right. Um, so we've had to go virtual, but we weren't able to have the Miss Kentucky competition this summer because of the circumstances. So looks like I will be Miss Kentucky 2020 as well. Right. And you, you probably had some sort of plans for your life. I did. At this point, but... I did, but you know, taken over. I think everyone's kind of in a position where what they had planned the months from March to whenever this ends to right. look like, um, it doesn't look anything like yeah. that right oh, now. Wow. That's right. That's and, right. Yeah. I'm just now getting back out to where I can interview people face to face, which is what I prefer to do. Right. I've had to do, I did some virtual interviews of people out of state that mm. I knew I wouldn't be able to sit down with, but I kind of ran out of those people. <laughs> at least in the short term. I did several of them, but it's nice to actually be with a with a real person yes. and, and talk. And that's uh, that's what this is all about. So you mentioned uh, wanting to, or t- your job being traveling around for uh, Kentucky Proud, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, of course, mm-hmm. eat Kentucky. But uh, tell me what it looks like to be... Uh, the spokesperson for Kentucky Proud and, and Kentucky Agriculture. Sure. Well, every day is different. I never know what I'm going to get, especially in this day and age, because uh, we don't know how the things are going right. to change and develop. So every day is different. Um, but something that I can always depend on is every week I'll have one, at least one school visit. Um, and that's either an assembly where I'm going and they get all the kids together in the gym and we spend 30 to 45 minutes talking about how important Kentucky agriculture is because we can find the nutrients that we need to set our goals and be healthy uh, right in our own backyard. And Kentucky Proud Farms are the ones that we have to thank for all of our fresh produce and proteins and milk, you name it. So we kind of get to talk to kids about how not only is it important to eat those foods and to seek them out when you can, like when you're in the lunch line to choose an apple instead of a chocolate bar, right. um, but where they start, where they come from. Because most kids, when I ask them, oh, where does this come from? They'll say, the store. <laughs> sure. Like, well, where, where before that? And um, you'll have to really walk them through the process, getting it all the way back to the farm. And one of the things that we find most important to educate students on is where their food comes from so that they can appreciate it. So my school presentation is so much fun. I have a couple of games that I bring with me. We play, um, I'll bring some students down to be the special volunteers and we have a blast. But I also go out with our mobile science activity center, which is like a big science classroom on wheels. And we do agriculture, science, demonstrations, and experiments to show kids how agriculture isn't just the food we eat. It's a part of everything that we do. You know, it's in their crayons. It's in their chapstick. It's in everything. So we try to show them a well-rounded view and get them excited about agriculture. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you go primarily to elementary schools or do you do schools of all sorts? With the Science Center, I'm mostly with elementary and middle schools, mm-hmm. but with just my school assembly, I do all kinds, K through 12. Yeah, gotcha. And I, I love getting to educate a whole range of students because the way I talk to a kindergartner is much different than how I'm going to talk to a high schooler. Sure. And it's nice to be able to um, kind of adjust my presentation to where they are. So after COVID hit, sort of took us all by surprise Mm -hmm. in March, what has your educational opportunities looked like? 
Well, we wanted to make sure we were continuing to provide educational resources for kids while they were stuck at home. So I actually went to the Department of Ag and I said, hey, why don't we do a video series? We call it Miss Kentucky Proud and kind of play on the, the spokesperson and I'll make these videos and kind of turn my school presentation into a video series. Well, one thing led to another and before you know it, we're making videos out on a farm doing farm safety. Um, we're doing science experiments in the mobile science center. I mean, we just like ran with it and I'm still doing one video every week. So oh, wow. I've got a YouTube channel. Well, I was gonna ask, can, are these accessible yes, to everybody? Yes, yeah. they're completely free, okay. accessible. They're on my Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Okay. So, Well, I will put a link uh, to the YouTube channel in show notes so folks yes, can just go do. straight to that. Please do. So what, uh, what does it look like going forward then for you? You know, I'm not entirely sure. As much as I would love to get back and do school assemblies again, I'm not sure that's what we're gonna have. <laughs> right, um, right. But you know, just this morning, I was in Anderson County helping distribute meals um, to families that were coming to pick up food at their schools. And a lot of the food that's in that is Kentucky Proud. Right. We're using produce from farmers, milk, proteins, all of those are going home with kids so that they can have that nutrients or those nutrients that they would need um, if they were in school getting regular school lunches. So you know, I know we've we've there we've had some issues. There have been issues with especially early on during COVID with food supply chains. Right. That a lot of farmers were ending up with food they couldn't get distributed. Right. And then at the same time, you go to Kroger or wherever, and there's no food on the shelves exactly. in some instances. So there was a real breakdown there and I guess this is a way that you kind of directly get and distribute that food. Yeah, so the Department of Agriculture, I was actually just up in Louisville on Wednesday because the Department of Ag and Creation Gardens launched a program where they're sending full boxes of fruits and vegetables home with families to try and redirect that supply chain to make sure the farmers aren't just sitting on it and it's going to waste mm -hmm. and the families are getting it directly, um, completely free of charge. So it was really cool to be up there to kick that off and really just reiterate that this is a win-win for farmers and for families. So you, you say you travel a lot. Have you traveled, have you been to every county in the state at this point? I have not hit every county. Okay. Um, I'm pretty close and I did official, I kept a calendar of mm -hmm. official Miss Kentucky visits and officially I visited about 86 yeah, counties. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, not bad, but I think I've been to almost all of them at this mm -hmm. point, either just on my own right. or... Well, maybe you can, since you've got an extra year, if they'll let you start start being in assemblies again. Yeah. But I know assemblies are gonna be difficult because then you've got everybody yeah, jammed you into can't those. Put every... I mean, I remember in school, you know, being called into gym assembly. Uh-huh. You know, you're always jockeying for space but with the kids next exactly. to you. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I not, think I'll... That's not COVID friendly, I guess. <laughs> not at all. So I think what I'll do is I'll end up doing virtual classroom visits mm -hmm. and get on Zoom with one class at a time to continue to do that presentation and engage with kids because for some reason, they really pay attention to the things that I say. It's like having a shiny hat makes right. me like a beacon of knowledge. So, so, do you do you do the videos with your crown on? I do, yeah. Because <laughs> most of them are made for kids. Sure. But yeah. kids are always like, so do you wear that all the time? And I'm like, no. Yeah. You think I'm wearing a crown I can stipulate that you are currently not wearing your crown. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
just uh, just to let to let everybody know. Although it may, you know you may, it would have had a little more authority with it if you did. Yeah. I guess. Listen, it's a wonderful tool. No, you know, no. History teaches us your people aren't going to tell somebody with a crown no. I guess you're that's right. They're going to listen. Maybe I need to exercise that. Authority. Well, that's right. You just just hold just hold on to it. So I, I know that beyond uh, your job with Kentucky Agriculture, that you have a personal uh, project with Adopt an Art. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, exactly. So tell me, how do I adopt an art? So just a little background for everyone. Adopt an Art is the 501c3 I started when I was 16 as a way to connect schools and communities with arts resources. Because what happened was I went to Governor's School for the Arts, GSA, mm-hmm. and I found there were so many students that had no access to the arts in their communities, uh, especially rural communities, underserved communities. And I wanted to make sure that if there were artists in that area, we could find a way to bridge the gap and provide those resources so no child got left behind. Mm-hmm. Because I was seeing you know, the fruits of getting to study the arts in school um, tenfold, but there were so many kids that just had raw talent and that was how they got into GSA. They'd never had anyone give them a formal lesson or a formal class and mm-hmm. that just seemed wrong to me. So I started this program as a way to work with schools and communities And over the past year, something I really wanted to do was to get into hospitals um, Mm. and work with students who weren't able to go to traditional schooling and might be missing out on that stuff, just having to do online work and worksheets. So I got to go into Kentucky Children's Hospital and go into the patient rooms and do art classes and bring art projects to them. And we had such a good time. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing to see what art can do for people, especially people who are in need of healing. Sure, so absolutely. It's, um, it's been a wonderful way to kind of bridge the gap, but it looks different now because of COVID. Right. We can't go in and do our after-school programs mm-hmm. like we would. So we're in the process of making some online content that anyone can do from home, whether you're doing it after school or a part of your school curriculum during the day. If you know we go back to homeschooling and mm-hmm. virtual school, we want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to continue that learning because it's just as important as math and reading. So how, how can people connect to, uh, to that? Yeah, you can connect with us on social media. We have a ton of videos in the works right now, so those will go all out on a YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Facebook and Instagram are our primary means of just adopt an art. Um, and we're always looking for volunteers that want to help us come up with content, want to help us with our videos or mentor. Um, but right now it looks a little different. Just sure. Because we can't do our school program. So how do you split your time between agriculture and art? Well, most of my time goes to agriculture. (laughs) um, Since that is an expectation when you become Miss Kentucky, every girl has her own social impact initiative. Mm -hmm. But because of your role in the state, we're actually very unique. There's no other state program in the Miss America organization that runs the way we do. Mm -hmm. We're the only ones that are partnered with a state entity to serve as a spokesperson yeah that's great yeah it's fantastic but my my work kind of takes a little bit of a backseat but luckily I have a fantastic team that can do things without me um but I'm also the um state ambassador for children's miracle network hospitals Mm -hmm. so I get to use the time that I'm in the hospitals to do the art classes well so they keep you pretty booked up then Oh, yeah. I work like 40 hours a week. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. Between the traveling and the appearances and the social media, the videos, it's about 40 hours. Yeah. Well, So tell me then, um, you you mentioned the difference between what Miss Kentucky does between what, I don't know, Miss South Dakota or wherever it might do. 
how did that come about and what, I guess, what do other state misses do uh, differently than what, than what Kentucky does? It seems like Kentucky's doing a good job taking advantage of, yeah. of talent and skill here. Well, I think so, but I think we do a great job. But every state is different because they have different partnerships and different requirements for the girl. So I know some states where, say you win Miss Delaware, you continue to go to school, work your job, live your life, and then you do Miss Delaware stuff in addition. But in Kentucky, if you're in school, you're working, you have to take the year off Mm. to serve in your role, kind of working for the Department of Ag. You're kind of like a contractor for Mm -hmm. the Ag Department. Um, In addition to other things, I also do private events, um, galas, fundraisers, you name it. I've probably been to one of them, uh, which is so much fun. I love getting to do those as well. Mm -hmm. But it started like in 2000. I believe it was Heather French Henry that said, hey, we need to utilize Miss Kentucky more. Let's get her into schools. Let's give her a platform um, to educate kids about because they listen when she talks. So we kind of built this partnership and over the years it's really um, evolved and now it's the primary, it's the bulk of what I do as Miss mm-hmm. Kentucky. I mean, I'm at cattle shows, farmers markets. Um, I mean, I've been to the beef expo, the farm machinery show. I'm at state fair almost every day. Mm-hmm. If it's related to agriculture, I'm probably involved gotcha. in it. They, they've got you dragged into it. Yeah. So. So going back, how did you get started with pageants? Because I know you and I talked before I hit record that you had been Miss Teen Kentucky yes. prior, a few years ago. So how, what started you on the pageant journey? How did, you, uh, how did you end up where you are now? Yeah, so I was not a toddler's and tiara's kid at <laughs> all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was in high school when I first heard about the Miss Kentucky's Outstanding Teen program, which is the little sister to Miss Kentucky. And it's designed to be uh, someone that does a similar job. The Miss Kentucky's Outstanding Teen is obviously still in school. She's very involved. So she does her duties in addition to school and jobs and whatever, whereas I take off and that becomes my full-time job. But it's meant to kind of be a mentorship program as well. So When I heard about it, I thought, man, this would be a fantastic way to earn scholarship money since that's the primary Mm -hmm. purpose for competing in the first place. Um, I can earn scholarship money because I want to go to college and I need to figure out how to pay for it and I can find a way to serve my community through it. That that sounds like a no-brainer. So I just showed up to a preliminary, had no clue what I was doing, but I had so much fun. And I felt like at the end of the day, even if I hadn't won that competition, I was going to be proud of myself for the work I put in to be there. Mm-hmm. So two years later, I became Miss Kentucky's Outstanding Teen. Um, and at that point, I didn't really know what the heck I was doing, <laughs> but I knew I enjoyed it because I mm-hmm. love people. I love serving people, connecting with them, listening to them, talking to them, whatever it is. And being Miss Kentucky's Outstanding Teen gave me the chance to do that alongside Miss Kentucky. And watching her excel in her role, I was like, man, I hope that I can make people feel the way she does one day. I hope that I can have that job and make people feel important. And mm-hmm. that's that's my goal is to get up every day and make somebody feel loved or somebody else feel important. So were you finished 
with with college when you I am yeah I, graduated. I knew you were now so but you so you were before yes yeah before this I graduated happened. May of 2019 okay and then three weeks later I became Miss Kentucky oh good timing yeah first job out of college huh? <laughs> that's right it's good to find work yeah right and then and apparently you did so well they extended it an <laughs> extra an extra year you're right yeah you may I mean they may just keep you on they'll just have you the listen have you as permanent Miss Kentucky we were joking when this all started I said oh my gosh at this rate I'm going to be Miss Kentucky until 2021. And then I got and the sure, phone call. And sure enough. And I was like, man, I shouldn't joke so often. <laughs> we have good news and we have bad news. Yeah, right? exactly. One of the great ways to eat Kentucky is to live in Kentucky. I can help you with that. I'm a realtor in the Lexington, Kentucky area with Keller Williams Bluegrass Realty. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, please contact me at alancornett at kw.com or eatkentucky at gmail.com. Now let's talk more about Kentucky, its food, and its culture. I saw that you had done some traveling, mm-hmm. uh, that you've been to South uh, Africa yes. and Argentina. Yes. Is that right? That's so exactly. tell me uh, what those experiences were like. Well, from competing, I competed two years in the Miss Kentucky competition before I won. And when you compete, no matter where you place, you earn scholarship money. So I wanted to utilize that money to kind of expand my horizons. I was an international business minor in school, and so I wanted to get some international experience. I, I went and lived for six months in South Africa. Oh wow! It was incredible. That's a really that's a really great experience. That's oh. not that's not just visiting. Oh no! Yeah, you, know, you get I to really like, feel feel what it's like. Yeah, and I was living in a neighborhood, so I got to know my neighbors that lived around me. Mm-hmm. I started going to a local church. I really wanted to get invested in the community and some of my South African friends I still talk to about once a week Um, and that was three years ago Mm -hmm. but I loved my experience I got to study at the University of Cape Town and I got to volunteer and kind of do some internship work for a social enterprise which is something that I was studying here at UK and I was working with that company they were a catering company who employed men living in halfway houses men and women Mm-hmm. living in halfway houses and rehabbing. And this was like a way to give them some hard skills and some income. Mm-hmm. And they were providing catering to events. And yeah. so I worked with them on their development and their marketing team. While I was in South Africa, I was a volunteer English teacher um, at an elementary school. So I taught English and math at grade for grades two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just loved every minute I was there. And I just knew that my international experience wasn't over Mm -hmm. and so when I got the opportunity to go on another trip I decided I wanted to do a language immersion program Mm -hmm. so I went to Argentina where hardly no one spoke English (laughs) yes um, and I really had to rely on my Spanish because I had studied it in school but you like kick into fight or flight mode (laughs) when people are like telling you where you're trying to go and It was crazy, but I loved my experience in Argentina. I was only there for a month. Mm -hmm. I went in between semesters, um, but it was so, so enriching because it was like the first time I was really getting to like learn about a culture without understanding the language. So Mm -hmm. I was learning two things and I got like a really good perspective of what it's like for immigrants that come to the United States and are having to learn English and learn Mm -hmm. our culture. It gave me a lot of empathy for um, people who are brave enough to do that. So in, in South Africa, I mean, we're, it's a completely different hemisphere. Yes. Not just a different continent, but, we're, and, but, but you're in the southern hemisphere. You're at the very tip right. of, of Africa. <laughs> what, what was similar 
to here and what was what was the most different um and how was the food okay so <laughs> the food was great actually funny enough the most popular fast food restaurant in south africa is kfc oh so when i told people i was from kentucky they're like oh kfc of course and yeah. it's so funny because we don't you know we just make our own fried chicken right. we don't need to go to kfc for it and so people were astounded that I didn't eat at KFC for every meal because they love it. But the culture was so different. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was uh, very European in some ways mm -hmm. and very African in other ways. Um, it was the most I ever heard of American culture was on the radio. I would hear American music and see American TV shows. But other than that, it was like being in a whole new world because their point of reference for most things is the UK or other places in Europe. Mm -hmm. They don't ever refer to things in American dollars or in American um, ways, which was the case in Argentina. That was more so a point of reference. Right. But South Africa was, um, it was a place where everyone would say, you need to be careful, you need to be careful because it was more inherently dangerous. Um, but I felt like I was well equipped to handle it because of the training that we got once we got there. Mm -hmm. You just had to be so vigilant and it made me really grateful that I live in a house that doesn't have an eight foot concrete wall around it with an electric fence right. and barbed wire. Mm -hmm. And that's the norm there um, because poverty is just, I mean, it, they have the largest wealth divide in the world. Mm, yeah. You know, 1% owns 99% of the wealth. Wow. And it was really strange to see because you would look one mile and there would be these huge mansions in the side of the mountain overlooking the beach. And then another way, there would be these townships where people were basically living in like 10 houses, but they've got satellites strapped to them. They've got 4G LTE, but oh, wow. they're living in like yeah. a shanty town. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, it was so heartbreaking to kind of live in that contrast, sure. uh, but it taught me a lot about American culture and things that I was taking for granted. Sure. Yeah. Um, time moves, moves a lot slower in South Africa. <laughs> yeah. I... If you say we're going to start at 2, it probably won't start until 3.30. Um, but here, you know, you're starting at 2, maybe 2.05, but right. you're starting at 2. <laughs> right, yeah. So that was definitely something. It took me like four hours to go to the doctor's office. Yeah, one of the <laughs> things that you learn about traveling overseas, especially outside of Europe, uh, is that people are not quite as concerned about a tight schedule oh, as, not at all. as we tend to be. Not at all. Oh, you know, something that did really surprise me about South Africa is a lot of their food um, is Indian-inspired because they True, have a yeah, large Indian the, right, population. They have a lot of Indian. So, you know, Gandhi, of course, spent time in South Africa. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so, the best place in the world. I, I wish everyone could spend yeah, time oh, there. Yeah, it would be great to do. So what was your favorite food? when you were in South Africa. So I loved, we used to go to this place near campus and get this curry dish. Mm -hmm. And it was literally, it was so basic. It was like chicken, vegetables, rice, and spicy curry. And it was fantastic. I could have eaten that every single day uh, and been so content with it. But we also did eat some traditional African food along the way. Um, we would have a braai, which is like a barbecue. Mm -hmm. And they're really big on like smoked meats and um, they have something that's similar to beef jerky. It's called biltong. So we liked that. But they're also really big on health foods. So mm. they're very health conscious in Cape Town. And I found I could eat at a lot of restaurants because they were completely gluten-free or dairy-free or soy-free or whatever it was. Um, there were lots of places where it was very on trend to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And so I really enjoyed that. 
So contrast that with, say, Argentina. I would now my I've never been to Argentina, but I think that they I feel like they do a lot of sort of smoked meat kind of stuff. Oh, too. the exact opposite. Yeah. Argentina <laughs> eating in Cape Town was wonderful. When mm-hmm. I came back to the U.S., I was like, man, I miss Cape Town food. <laughs> eating in Argentina was very different because <laughs> they just they're very um, laissez-faire about when they eat, mm-hmm. so they don't eat breakfast, and if they do, they eat like a couple of cookies. And then if they eat lunch, it's like a tostado, like a sandwich or an empanada, one or two. And then they wait until like nine o'clock at night and eat these massive dinners. (laughs) And as someone who could eat a huge breakfast and then be fine the rest of the day. Just complete opposite. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was ready to go to bed at nine. (laughs) Right. And I stayed with a host family and our host mom would bring out this huge chicken and vegetables and... We're like, oh my gosh, I'm not even hungry now. But <laughs> How am I going to manage that? It was right. so different. I mean, mm-hmm. the food, but Argentina and South Africa are kind of similar in that poverty is um, very prevalent there. Mm-hmm. And I was in two large cities, but it's a huge contrast between the haves and the have-nots. So you've got these incredible steakhouses in Argentina, but then you've got people who can only afford to eat empanadas every day. So it was really strange kind of living in the middle of that just as like a tourist almost, Mm -hmm. um, like an extended tourist and kind of observing who went where and what the patterns were. But I wasn't crazy about the Argentine food. Their steak Mm -hmm. was good. Wasn't craze about it, but I could eat Cape Town food every day. (laughs) So, so if you had your choice, it's back to Cape Town. It's Cape Town food. It is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) I am Marianne Eves and this is the Eat Kentucky podcast. I am talking to Alex Frankie, Miss Kentucky, and this is the Eat Kentucky podcast. You are a Lexington native. I am. A graduate of Lafayette mm-hmm. High School, which my daughters also are graduates. Hey, of go generals. Yeah, and I've got a <laughs> I've got one who just graduated and one getting ready to start Lafayette next fall. Oh, so, how exciting. Yeah, she's gonna be a Scappa, a Scappa girl. Amazing. Yeah. Um so I have a lot of affection for Lafayette and spend a lot of time driving to and from Lafayette. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of places do you like to eat at in Lexington? Oh, listen. What are your favorite spots? I love Lexington. I think we are so spoiled when it comes to restaurants mm-hmm. because we have so many great choices. It's true. And I always try to find ones that feature Kentucky Proud food if I can. I'm a sucker for Ramsey's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to beat a good Ramsey's. Oh, so hard. Three or just or just go with the vegetable plates. Always exactly. great. Exactly. So whenever I have people come in from town, I will always take them to Ramsey's. Um, well, for dessert, I'll take them to Crank and Boom mm-hmm. to really get something that's different or Graters. Mm-hmm. People love Graters too. Um, but I mean, I just went to Wine and Market for lunch. I love just popping into little like hole in the wall places. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I also love like core life at the summit Mm -hmm. and pasta garage. So I go, I teeter between very extremely healthy and like pizza. And and not. (laughs) Yeah. Like pizza, french fries and burgers. Actually, um, pasture by Marksbury Farm Mm -hmm. that used to be in the summit was my favorite restaurant. Yeah. It's really good. You could, of course, they've uh, still got their restaurant way down. Yes. uh, In Gary County. Yeah. If you're headed to Danville, you can stop I've popped by many a time. (laughs) And it's it's a good place to eat. But uh, sadly, of course, the barn has shut down entirely, which is too bad. I really liked the barn. I did too. I uh, was a big Atomic Ramen fan, yep. and I uh, hope uh, 
hope that they're able to find a new landing spot. And of course, Crank and Boom is getting ready to open over at Stonewall. I so know. they're moving over there. So you can go get donuts at North Lime and then go over and get some ice cream. Oh, <laughs> yes. <Crank and Boom. laughs> Listen, when I was in high school, I used to, I mean, I ate so unhealthy in high school. I went to North Lime every morning in high school. So that should tell you a lot about how far I've come that I now want to eat kale for fun. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think we have so many restaurants that do a great job of featuring local food Mm -hmm. Um, and we get so many flavors too. You know, I love Southern cooking, but at the same time, I love that I can go get like Indian food or Japanese food or Mexican food. I personally, that's my favorite Mexican, but (laughs) Lexington has such a variety and uh, it's, it is particularly strong, I think with um, Central and South American foods yeah uh, and it's it's got a, a strong cuisine there I think that a lot of times maybe people aren't aware of but uh, but we really do have a great variety of restaurants one of the things that you and I talked about a little bit was your own eating restrictions mm. so tell me a little bit about that and how you navigate uh, with eating in all these great places right. <laughs> with that. You know, I was diagnosed with celiac disease when I was a freshman in college. And when I found out I had celiac, that eliminated gluten, dairy, and soy from my diet because my body can't break it down. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really harmful to me if I am to eat those things. So I have to avoid it pretty much at all costs. And I love traveling. So I found that there are so many places all over Kentucky, but especially in Lexington, that can accommodate um, the dietary restrictions that I have. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been to so many restaurants where if you'll just tell your server or you'll ask, you'll say, hey, I actually have this restriction. Can you tell me what I have? I mean, the chef might come out. Somebody from the back will come out and walk you through the menu. Mm -hmm. I've had such a good experience. And I mean, I've traveled all over the US and I find that in Kentucky, there are many opportunities for me to eat. Even I spent a lot of time in Western Kentucky for work. Um, down in Paducah is one of my very favorite restaurants that's gluten-free, dairy-free. Murray has great options. Um, like I've been all over and I've never failed to find either a local restaurant or uh, like a mom and pop shop that has exactly what I need. So mm-hmm. I, it's so wonderful to know that if people are going to come and visit here, they're always going to have an opportunity to f- eat and enjoy themselves right. with dietary and, restrictions. And they can eat Kentucky Proud. The whole... And eat Kentucky Proud. <laughs> exactly. Because our proteins, our eggs, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, those are what I rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that farm fresh food is really getting me through <laughs> right. every day. Yeah. So it's, there's still a great variety of things to eat. You just have to... You have to it, find, find it. it. Right. It's not going to... You're not going to Google gluten-free, dairy-free restaurant like in Kentucky and it's going to come up with 15 results. But... I found that I, if I have the courage to go to a restaurant and just be really vulnerable and say, hey, uh, I don't know what I can eat here. Can someone help me? People are always willing right. to help. Yeah, and I think that there, there's a lot more of a heightened awareness of that these mm-hmm. days. And I think restaurants are, more and more restaurants are uh, able to accommodate those, uh, those dietary restrictions in not just restrictive ways, but in creative ways tasty ways, yes. too, which is which is what you want. Because I don't want to just eat plain grilled chicken and right. plain <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you vegetables. don't want to feel like you're being, you're being denied 
good food. Right. right? Because food is a part of everything we do. It's right. so social. And mm -hmm. I've done so many things over the past year that have revolved around lunches and dinners and breakfasts. And it can be really, really stressful for someone with dietary restrictions to be in those social situations. Sure. So it's taken a lot of practice on my right. end to learn how to be a better advocate for myself. Well, and, and again, talk, going back to kind of educating people, that's an area where you can educate people who may have those restrictions themselves on mm -hmm. how to reach out and maybe also educate people who are running restaurants on how to accommodate. You right. Know, that's a... You're in a you're in a good position to help to help give that kind of uh, instruction and advice. I guess it takes a lot of patience on both ends. Sure. I mean, I even just went to wine and market and got a sandwich, and they had to clean off everything. Mm -hmm. And it took about ten minutes to prepare everything mm -hmm. to make my sandwich. And I thought, man, if there was someone in line behind me, they would hate me right about now, especially if Who they were is hungry. this person? Why is she slowing my meal down? Yes, exactly. So it takes a lot of patience and it's, I really, really appreciate restaurants that do go above and beyond mm -hmm. to clean off the space and to take allergens and restrictions seriously. Sure. So you have a different year ahead of you than you thought. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think you were going to do? What were, what were the plans for 2020? Well, about the time that I started to sit down and look for a job because my life was so crazy throughout the year, I wasn't really spending time every week planning the next chapter. Mm -hmm. So my thought was around April and May, I'm going to start putting feelers out there and sending out resumes and seeing where I might want to work. Well, come March 14th, that was not a thing anymore. Right. So. I had to think, what is it that I really want to do and is it possible for me to do it right now? So I had a position offered to me as a global marketing coordinator for a corporation that's based here in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was really excited about that because I'm so passionate about other cultures and finding ways to communicate with them in line with ours and just really expand everyone's worldview to make us all global citizens. Mm -hmm. So I love, love, love doing that. But that offer uh, kind of got taken off the table sure. because who's going anywhere right now? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and I, I couldn't with this extended contract. Um, something that I would love to do, I went to school for marketing and management and I've worked in several ad firms and I would love to work in travel and tourism marketing. So I'm trying to do some more stuff in this mm -hmm. upcoming year with Kentucky Tourism because mm -hmm. we may not be able to travel out of the country or right. really out of the state as much as we'd like to. So let's find ways to explore things that we didn't even know were here in Kentucky. Sure. Um, I'm really passionate about finding ways um, to help people experience the place that they live in a new way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've lived in Lexington my whole life and there are some places that I still have not been. Sure. Uh, Cause yeah. you get near routine, right. you get comfortable. And this is my little world within exactly. a world. Sure, everybody has that. Exactly. And so I love getting to show people um, new things to experience and do. And I just think experience has been the greatest teacher in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I want to share that with others. But hopefully in the future, I'll be working somewhere in the marketing world um, because I, I love getting to use my creativity that I fostered at SCAPA mm -hmm. and my passion for business to kind of marry the two and create something that's beautiful and meaningful and has purpose um, in the business world. So it's been a lot of fun to think about how I can marry those interests going forward, but 
who knows what our world will look like sure. a year but from it, now. But if somebody needs uh, a good hire around 2021... Yeah, yeah call like, me. Get, get, I, I'm available. <laughs> give, give you a holler. Because it's, it's unlikely they're going to keep you around for a third year, uh, realistically. Listen, I'm, I would have to politely <laughs> decline on that one because Miss Kentucky is a wonderful job. It is a dream come true, but it's meant to be something that every a new girl gets to experience every There's year. only so long you can put up with the guys over at the agriculture oh department. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a rough crowd over there. A uh, motley crew. No, I'm so kidding. <laughs> they are some of my favorite people. They are so wonderful. Well, I'm sure they would like to keep you around, but but they've got you for another year, and they that's do. great. They do. So we've got lots of adventures planned. Well, good luck to you in this coming year, Thank and maybe you. we can talk again sometime, but I appreciate you taking the time and sitting down, and I will have links to some of the things we talked about Fantastic. Uh, and to your social media in show notes and people can follow you there. Yeah, connect with me, shoot me a message, say hello. I'll probably respond and say hello back. <laughs> All so. right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. You can find links to Alex's social media in show notes. And thank you again to Carolyn Paulus and Justin's House of Bourbon for the use of their space. Please hit the subscribe button to the Eat Kentucky podcast to be notified of future episodes. And please leave a five-star rating. It really helps others find the podcast. Also, please tell a friend who might enjoy the podcast. You can follow my other explorations of Kentucky food on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I would love for you to visit the new Eat Kentucky Patreon at patreon.com slash eatkentucky, where you can support the podcast and receive bonuses and previews. The Eat Kentucky theme is by Art Mize. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at eatkentucky at gmail.com. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Lexington area, I am a realtor with Keller Williams Bluegrass Realty. I would love to talk to you. Until next time, this is Alan Cornett.